0: Change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. we have a live
1: what, what we were trying to say, you got to walk on. walk on. walk on. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at #Waysword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to a special edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And what we did this time out is, instead of our usual show, which we encourage you to go back and listen to the archived episodes and keep us in mind when you subscribe, like, or follow us on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, SoundCloud, any of those, uh, go back and listen and enjoy other episodes that reflect more of what we do week in and week out. But this was a special conversation, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Of course, many of you know I am the host of KTSU Sports Talk in Houston, Texas on KTSU 90.9, along with Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. We are going to run excerpts from an interview we had with brand new SWAC commissioner, Dr. Charles McClellan. Now, uh, Dr. McClellan has been a friend of the show in Houston for many, many years and supports the podcast as well, and uh, it's always great to visit with him, but this is a huge, huge move for him. And he was able to sit down with us for over an hour, hour and a half to talk about all things SWAT and his time here at Texas Southern. So without further ado, here's a special edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast with Dr. Charles McClellan. The excerpts provided from KTSU Sports Talk in Houston. We're joined now. Uh, by a great friend of the show and a big-time supporter and the new SWAT commissioner, Dr. Charles McClellan. Uh, and, you know, a few I mean, yeah, you can go into this mic right here. A few weeks ago, I don't know, maybe a month ago, we had this uh, conversation, and, and, of course, it's bittersweet for us here at Texas Southern because, obviously, uh, we realize what you uh, have done for the program, but also, at the same time, understanding the leadership and guidance that, You'll provide for the entire SWAC, a rise and tide lifts all boats. So uh, I know that that'll be ultimately beneficial for Texas Southern with you getting this promotion. But I wanted to have you here for a couple of reasons. And obviously, we want to talk about your vision for what's going to happen with the SWAC. But I also want to give you an opportunity to, to really remind folks of the things you were able to accomplish while you were here. And I also want you to be able to thank uh, your support staff, the folks that, that help you turn this thing around and lift us to the heights uh, that we've been lifted to uh, under your leadership. So, first of all, congratulations. Good morning and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate you coming in. And I, you know what? I appreciate more than that. And, Ralph, I'll tell you what. So, I. I I said, well hey I know you're you, excited. I, I want yeah, well, yeah. So I said, uh I say, Hey, well, you know, I know you're big. you're busy. Right. I, I, I said, you know, we would like to have you on the show. He said, When? I said, Well, if is it possible? You know, very with a very formal tone for you to come in. Say, he said, Man, don't 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 do that. He said before <laughs> if you wanted me to come in, you would say come in and I would come in. So I appreciate the fact that that uh, you know, that is, that you were, you know, nothing has changed. So, except the, the title and uh, your address, uh, in Birmingham. So. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, talk you know, about the. Pro- you know, ahead.
2: Devin, I'm going to have to stay in an apartment. Kevin, I haven't been in an apartment since I was 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pay a deposit and a pet deposit and a, <laughs> an application fee and another fee. <laughs> like yeah I, like. I had to get runners and I've never seen anything Oh, like there, that
1: yeah, the, in my life. The, right the rent down game down. is is, is it's serious. Exactly it's not, not like yeah, it was so. that they drove me into the to a house because of pet right. uh, deposits and yeah. all that. I, I had
2: no idea, Ralph. When I last time I got an apartment, you had a fifty dollar deposit and, you said, and come that on was in. it. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: much different
3: now. How much, was the
2: rent? how much was the rent back then? I'm not gonna get into them old jokes, y'all. I haven't had of them. But, but
1: but but it's a house note now. Y'all a yeah, yeah, house note. It,
2: now. Is. Yeah, it, is. Yeah. it was it was three hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's
1: all yeah. right. so how did this price how did all this come? Together because again, I know that I mean, for a while it's been like rumors and then you know, and oh, this is gonna, and no one really kind of knew what was going on behind the scenes. How did this all come together?
2: Well, the process was supposed to end July 1, according to the press release from the Southwestern Athletic Conference when the process started. I think we finalized somewhere around August the 5th, August the 6th, August the 7th. So it wasn't as long of a process or as lengthy of a process. I think when the reports came out in uh, June, that's what kind of set the clock. But the clock wasn't supposed to be set at that particular time. When you have 10 presidents, 10 different bosses, 10 different opinions, uh, running 10 different institutions, it takes time. Um, I made fun of Raph earlier. Raph said, feel like this thing is being traveled by Pony Express, right? (laughs) And theoretically, that's a pretty good analogy because the process is so important. The position is so important. All 10 institutions had to have some input in that process. So it wasn't like we just sat down in a room and said, let's hash this out. Uh, Once we had the interview back in June, we all left. There were certain things that they had to do. There were certain things that I had to do. And as we went through this process, now I can tell you uh, it was a difficult decision for me to leave. Everybody said, you gone, you have the job. And there was one particular stretch where I said, I am just concentrating on Texas Southern University. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but the Council of Presidents got back together. They came back and we were able to work out a deal. And we talked about it. There was a lot of talking about, you know, it took so long because I wanted the conference office to move to Houston. And that wasn't the case at all. I always knew that the conference office was in Birmingham and I always knew I had to go to Birmingham. Ultimately, where the Houston conversation came in was I know that the conference office has a lot of financial issues as part of, you know, the overall process that they presented to me. Having it in Houston, in my opinion, was uh, ideal to say, hey, let's have a satellite office in Houston. If there's not enough to compensate me to move to Birmingham, I want the job, let me present another option. That kind of got turned and twisted, you know, to uh, the conference offices coming to Houston. Charles is not going to take it unless it comes to Houston.
1: And well, we didn't help here because we've advocated as loud as anybody around the country that this, this is the location swag offices need to be.
2: Well, here's my opinion. Uh, there is significant upside to doing business in Houston. Uh, the corporate sponsorship is here. The television is here. My contacts are here. I can hit the ground running here. But the truth of the matter is, I'm going to be in Houston doing those things anyway. The conference office could be in Anchorage, Alaska. You have to get out. You have to generate revenue. You have to generate all of those things. And you're not going to do that sitting behind a desk. So whether the conference office is in Birmingham or whether it's in Houston or Anchorage, Alaska, it's incumbent upon me to get out and go get the money. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Birmingham stepping up. I'm going to give them that opportunity. You know, I've been reading the the articles and the press releases as well. Uh, wherever the conference office is, you know, that city is going to have to support the conference office. So I have no doubt that Birmingham uh, and the city of Birmingham is going to continue to support the Southwestern Athletic Conference. But, you know, my job, uh, Kevin Allen, is go squeeze that blood Off a turnip. Kevin Allen said, I squeezed the buffalo (laughs) off the knuckle, right? (laughs) Birmingham, you know, we're going to have to meet because we need that blood out of that turnip and that buffalo off the knuckle.
1: Now, uh, what uh, did they give you any indication what made you their ultimate selection? Because I know it's hard to get 10 people in any setting to agree on on a direction. Uh, Did they give any indication what made you the guy that they believe in? You know, they didn't. And I
2: didn't ask. Uh, I was elated to be able to have the opportunity. But I think the one thing that I have heard throughout this process, I am and it, this kind of hit me. I had to read this actually when I was selected. I'm the one, two, three, four, five, six commissioner of the Southwestern wow. Athletic Conference. It'll be 100 years old mm-hmm. uh, in 2020. And I am the first homegrown person to hold that position
1: so and and it's a it's really coming uh i mean it's full circle for you because you as you've indicated time and time again you are as of the swag as anybody
2: right well and i think that's ultimately what i was alluding to at the end of my presentation i i put up a chart uh and i have to say thank you to my wife because we were talking about what do we talk about and she was like you know what would be powerful Uh, to put up all of your SWAT ties. So my mother and my father, and I think this has probably been picked up on and reported the most, my mother and father went to Alcorn State. That's ultimately how I was born, right? He got his master's at Jackson State. My sister went to Southern. I used to run... Talking about running around doing things, right? <laughs> Southern University back in the, in the so late 80s and early 90s. There. Yeah, well, so I wasn't going right. there for the ticket. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time on Southern University's campus and met a lot of people that are ultimately are good friends now. You know, I attended Prairie View. My sons are here at Texas Southern, both of them, and my wife is a gremlin grad. So that's six out of the 10 schools. And I joked, and I'm going to throw that out there, joke. Uh, to the Council of Presidents, I had a girlfriend at Alabama AM and Alabama State. <laughs> Since my wife put the presentation together, I couldn't put that on the chart. So, you know, we have ties to all 10 member institutions. I grew up in Mississippi. I went to the campuses of Valley State. You know, I went, I've went. i gone to Alcorn. Uh, my cousin was at Alcorn, still have family there. So I'm tied to all 10 member institutions. I've been a part of the SWAC. I actually was reading something. And somebody asks, well, he's been a part of the SWAC. He's been an AD all of this time. How come he didn't move the agenda forward? There's a distinct difference between an athletics director and a commissioner. As an athletics director, I'm concentrating on Texas Southern University. And what I've told the council of presidents, the same energy and effort that I put into trying to work with the staff, as you talked about, it wasn't me. It wasn't me alone. It was a good staff. And the time and the energy and effort we put together at Texas Southern is the same time, energy and effort we're going to put in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And this process is not going to be an easy process. It's not going to be a short process. we got a lot of work to do.
1: And, you know, I want to ask you about the work. But I do want to ask you this. Because you are so ingrained in the SWAC, what perspective did that, does that give you that an outside candidate can't understand about the SWAC?
2: Well, I know a lot of the inner workings, I like to call them intricacies of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So that learning curve is out of the window. I have a relationship, a great relationship with all 10 athletic directors. So to be able to get everybody on board in one cohesive direction, I think is going to be a great strength. And to be very honest with you, going into this process, I knew six or seven of the president. So having those relationships and bringing the swag back together in my opinion is going to pay double dividends for us because we do have so much work to do. Uh and I have a you talked about a strategic plan. I laid out a strategic plan. I call it Strategic Vision 2023. And I talk about things such as 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 small as we're going to have to redo the website. We're going to have to evaluate all coordinators of officials. We're going to have to evaluate the television contract. we got to get some regional television. We have to get corporate sponsorships, and we have to generate the revenue because in order for these teams to be competitive, they have to get money from us to be able to pay the coaches. So I have this strategic vision 2023, but I'm going to go to every city. I'm going to go to every school, all 10-member institutions. I'm going to meet with the administration. I'm going to meet with the coaches. And then I'm going to hold a public forum for all of the alumni and supporters to come in. And ultimately, I have my vision, but I need to hear your thoughts. I need to hear where you want the SWAC to go, because I think we've gotten away from that some. And then we're going to encompass that into one shared vision. And then we're going to execute that vision. So I think it's going to be extremely important to hear what Kevin Allen has to say, what Devin Wade has to say, what Ralph Cooper has to say, and incorporate that into the overall vision, and then we can go forward as a conference.
1: Now, when I know one of the issues plaguing the conference over the last couple years uh, are, are financial ones, uh, yes. and, and uh, we've heard a lot of discussions about uh, the the financial situation revol- of the revolving around the SWAG Championship games here in in Houston. Talk a little bit about that entire situation and why am, you know why was the swag not able to capitalize on these huge events that could have brought in brought in thousands and could have brought in tens of thousands more.
2: Well, that question, the only way I can answer that one is to give you my opinion and I really don't want to be opinionated. I'm going to look from a forward perspective and I will go back to relationships. Dealing with NRG, dealing with the Toyota Center, It basically comes down to relationships. And, you know, you guys reported about me being on the committee that went to Boston to uh, bring the Final Four to Houston. Where everybody that was in that room on that airplane, those are the individuals that you can say, hey, I need to tap into this fund. I need to tap into that fund. So I think it goes back to relationships. I think another thing that I hope that I bring is my accounting background. So when you start looking at certain decisions, you know those debits and credits and things of that nature start popping out on the paper, uh, hopefully a little bit better than somebody that doesn't have that training. So we're gonna make sure that we be financially strong uh, just from an operational standpoint. We're gonna have to get in, we're gonna have to do some cuts. But to be very honest with you, I looked at the budget and looked at some of the expenses. I looked at the balance sheet and the income statement. There are some things I think I can cut that n- nobody would ever know or nobody would ever see. And then we can put that money back into having an overall successful program for all 10M institutions. When I say overall successful program, you know, it's going to have to be about the student athlete. We're going to have to ensure that the championships are the best championships that we can have because 90% of them are not going to be able to touch that NCAA brand. So we got to bring the NCAA brand to the Southwestern Athletic Conference brand. So we got to bring back the banquets. You know, we got to make sure that they get their awards in front of their peers and have that party before. We got to make sure that they get more than a t-shirt when they come. You know, we got to give them a SWAC championship watch or whatever the deal is. And it's my responsibility to go out and get those sponsors, get those dollars, turn it back into your program and also one of the things that I've probably been most critical of you know we've put a lot of money in the basketball program at Texas Southern University and there are so much benefit of going to the NCAA tournament it gives us millions tens of millions of dollars of free advertising but the conferences all conferences give money back to the winning team and we haven't been able to enjoy that because of some of the financial issues that the Southwestern Athletic Conference has. So we're going to ensure that we are good stewards of those dollars. So when whoever wins, there's a windfall of cash that's coming in so you can pay your coach and you don't have to worry about where am I going to get this money from. And hopefully that will allow other schools to continue to invest in basketball. because We have to be a strong basketball conference um, because there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow
1: uh, and uh if you're just joining us inside the ktsu sports talk uh joined by dr charles mcclellan the new SWAC
3: commissioner it's amazing a lot of people don't don't know dr mcclellan's background coming from mississippi growing up and I, I saw this on on something that you did prior growing up in mississippi and some of the things that you you know that you had to go through and now looking at where you are today kind of share some of that if that's not too broad you know growing up going through high school and and just kind of kind of lay that out a little bit because when I look at it coming from Mississippi now you have one of the one of the top jobs one of what that's like 32 jobs in in the country that that's one hell of an accomplishment you know coming from a small town in Mississippi and then did you ever think that something like this would happen (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I, I'll answer the last question first. No, I never thought, I never dreamed that big. And I think what you're alluding to is the story that I told. Everybody looks at Dr. McClellan, right? right. And I talked to some of my college constituents, people that I went to college with, and they said, man, you were always smart. And, you know, I was the dumbest cat in the, in the room, to be very honest with you. Going back to high school, I think I talked about, you know, being in that algebra class, And my best friend, George Irvin, was passing me the answers to uh, the algebra test. And Joe Patrick Henry intercepted the the cheat sheet. (laughs) He wrote the name, the stuff down and threw it to me. And the paper floated and I reached for it and missed it. And it hit the ground. So I'm sitting there. Like man, I got to get this off the ground. I leaned over and I kicked the the electric heater and the teacher came over and caught me cheating, right? And I was like, man, so they kicked me out of the class. My daddy was a principal at another school. They wrote the note home, I got in trouble. But I think at that point in time, I made a decision that You know, no matter how intelligent you are, nothing beats hard work. Cheating your way through life is not going to get you anywhere. And I learned a very valuable lesson from that. So, you know, even going back to those high school days, you know, Como, Mississippi, Sardis, Mississippi, where the lake was the best place you could go uh, to get anything done. So... You know, I had a very mild, moderate background. I also told a story that when we left Sardis, Mississippi to go to the big city of Jackson, uh, my father got a raise from $3,500 to $7,500, right? That's how much a principal was making back in the mid 80s in education. So, you know, I wasn't always Dr. McClellan. Uh, Matter of fact, I don't even look at myself as Dr. McClellan, uh, Ralph. I just look at myself as Charles. And it takes, you know, just a, a pinch every now and then just to identify with, you know, the track that I've been on. And when I talk to people, when I talk to kids, you know, you can see them looking at you like, "Well, you're this, and you have this title," but have I, no idea. I, I was the just journey. like you, right? I was just like you. I wasn't the smartest person in the room. I didn't apply myself. I hated school, but it took a major situation such as that cheating incident for it to knock me upside the head to say. You know, cheating is not going to help you at all. It might help you get a good grade on this test. But in the long run, there's probably more damage to you. Work hard. If you fail, just continue to work. It's going to achieve. And that's, that's the whole subject about athletics. You know, it's a series of failures until you get it right. And you have to learn from those failures.
1: I'm going to take a time out. And when we come back, I want to ask you about the dynamics of dealing with the with 10 different school presidents. I mean, from the outside looking in, you you could think that certain schools have a little bit more weight, what they say means a little bit more. What's the the reality of that situation? Nice. Do you have to pay attention more to, to certain schools for whatever. reason I mean, I know you don't know right. yet, but just walking into it, uh in my I, I mean, is that a wrong perception?
2: Yeah, I think it is. The chair of the Council of Presidents and Chancellors now is Andrew Huggany, which is at Alabama AM. and right now he's the most powerful president that sits in the room because he's the chair. I think again, as we talked about going on that tour, What's going to be relevant for Southern University might not necessarily be relevant for Alabama a and That's why that strategic goal, that strategic vision has to encompass all aspects. I don't think that is going to be any different than what we've already experienced. Uh, at the end of the day, all 10-member institutions share the same goals, visions, and philosophies. That's the reason why they're in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and that's the reason why we're joined together. And I think our issues are the same across all 10-member institutions. We have to ensure that the academics is on par. We can no longer have teams that are ineligible. Conference office needs to help in that regard. It is a, a school issue, but it becomes a conference issue. And I think that there are a lot of things that we could do. The same way we hired a APR expert, at Texas Southern, we need to have one in the SWAC office. I, that was a, right. going to be a question of mine, too. Right. It, it, so they need to be sent out. But, again, all of these solutions come back to money, and that means I'm going to have to go out and raise the money. The The other issue is money. Again, you join the SEC because you know you're going to get $38, $40 million at the end of the year whether you win or lose, right? And that helps your overall athletics program. You know you're going to be on television. The SWAC is so historic. Uh, As we were talking in the break, the foundation of the Southwestern Athletic Conference is one of the strongest foundations ever. It's stronger than the SEC. Just think about all of the issues that we've had and we haven't broken, we haven't cracked. And I hear all of these things about uh, the SWAC is going to go away. I'm telling you right now, get that out of your head. We ain't going nowhere. As a matter of fact. We're getting ready to kick the door in. We're going to be stronger than ever. And we're going to ensure that we're going to be stronger than ever and just give us some time. But the issues are the same. So they're the same issues at Southern as they are at Texas Southern as they are at Valley or Pine Bluff. So we're going to make sure that we address those different intricacies that we talked about. I use that word a lot at the member institutions because, again, something that Southern Southern might have something different than Gremlin has. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we tie them all together.
1: Do you, as as the AD of Prairie View and then of Texas Southern, did you ever feel like you weren't heard by the the commissioner, or did you, did you ever feel like? <laughs> I mean, no, that's a real no setup question. No. <laughs> I'm saying yeah, what I say. That say, does that make you more attentive to the needs of every school? And and I know no. you can't satisfy every school with every sure. need. But did you ever had you, I mean, traditionally, is that something you felt like? Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, but what about? Well, my
2: school, I will go back to my experience uh, at Purview uh, where I was the chair. I was a young chair and then Robert Viles, which is the same Robert Viles that stole Mike Davis from us, uh, was my mentor. And I recall Candy Robinson, may his soul rest in peace, uh, cheated us out of the baseball tournament, Ralph (laughs) Cooper. Him, Ellis from Gremlin, and Roger Cato was all on a three-way telephone call. Gremlin was playing Texas Southern uh, at TSU. Southern was playing Prairie View. And our coach, now Robinson, didn't want to play the games. He was like, Charles, they're going to get us. I said, no, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to play the games. After Southern got all of their games in, and Grambling and Texas Southern played the games they needed to play. Kator said, hey, we're not going. Kador going to deny this, but this is the God's honest truth. Don't play the games, right? So it came down to we played more games than Texas Southern. We had more wins, but Texas Southern had less losses.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we had this big to-do where I had to call in and give my deal, uh, my speech, and uh, Lois Blackwell called in and gave his speech and then at the end they was like well we're gonna award it to Texas Southern right and I was hurt because I told my players trust in me and I'm gonna get this done y'all go out and y'all play and we beat Southern like three or four games and that's when Southern was like at the top and after all of that Commissioner Robert Viles called and said hey Charles I know you're disappointed let's work together on changing the rule uh, let's make sure that this never happens to anybody else again And I learned a lot from that, and I worked hand-in-hand with Robert to make sure that we had rules in place that took out the human factor, that the games would be won on the field, and whoever got an opportunity to go to the tournament would be based upon what's going on on the field, not what's going on in the back room. And I think I have to be that type of commissioner to work with each and every athletics director, each and every institution, and be accessible so when there are issues— and it doesn't go your way, you still have a voice of change to ensure that what's supposed to be done rightly is done in the future
0: the way that it's supposed to be done. And that, again, is the right way to do it. See, but you, you're not sharing with us one other position you held at review What's that? Uh, you were in the broadcast booth. You I, I was a radio Porter. man. <laughs> yeah. I was See, the radio yeah, was man, the radio. that's right. <laughs> and a pretty good one, right?
2: You know, <laughs> I, I called Charles Porter and thanked him. I don't think I would be commissioner today if it wasn't for Charles Porter because me doing the radio was my first really true introduction to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And that led to me joining the Athletic Council at Prairie View, being the golf coach, ultimately the athletics director. So if I didn't get that shot on radio. I don't think I was. So be what you that. saying? The <laughs> silver
1: fox is gonna be uh, your successor, hey, Swack. <laughs> hey, 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 you, 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 don't let the cat out of the bag. Don't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> now you you talked a lot about the uh, one of the things that you've done here, at Texas Southern, and I wonder how this will work on a conference wide level. As you have really paid a lot of attention to the other sports, the 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 non-revenue producing sports, but it's been really beneficial for Texas Southern when you talk about soccer and softball right. and and cross country. Uh, what golf, can, uh, golf right. yeah. is another <laughs> yeah. one. What. What can you bring to the conference uh, and conference-wide to to put an emphasis on the other sports uh, on all of these college campuses?
2: Well, football and basketball will always have their attention, so it was always my goal to highlight the non-revenue sports, the Olympic sports, from a purview's perspective and a Texas Southern's perspective. That was my strategy. I felt that it was easier to win in those sports early on. Than it would be. It's tough to win a football and a basketball and a baseball championship. So you talk about golf. If I can get five good golfers, I have a shot. You know, if I can get five good cross country runners, I have a shot. And as you start winning, your program starts to grow and gain that confidence. So from a southwestern athletic conference perspective, and I said this at Texas Southern, I want to win. So my golf championship is just as important to me as my basketball championship. And we're going to have that same philosophy in the SWAC. That's the reason why I was saying we're going to get back to honoring the student athlete. We're going to celebrate the golf championship just as much as we celebrate the football championship. And that's our responsibility. And I'll allude to another point that you may or go directly to a, another point that you were alluding to. When you're talking about winning a football championship, it's tough to win a football championship. And I was reading the blogs. I try not to read the blogs, Kevin. But, <laughs> bad know, it's bad for you. Yeah, it's real bad for your health. <laughs> and I realized that you would never get 100% of the people yeah. to believe or even and follow you. But I honed in on one particular comment that says, yeah, he won one-third of all TSU championships, right? So all of... You know all of the 65, 66 championships that we won since 1927. One third of those have been won in this seven-year time frame. Mm-hmm. Yes, we set a school record in winning championships. Yes, we've won 18 championships in the last four years. Uh, yes, all of our teams are competitive, but we haven't won in football. And I realize football, but I think when you look at what we've done academically. When you looked at what we have done competitively, and I say we because it wasn't me, it was a staff of great individuals. I think the biggest accomplishment was for us to have a football team for individuals to criticize. I don't think people realize that we were this close to not even having a football team, not even having an athletics program. So as I sat down and thought about the criticism of not winning a football championship, I take it. But I also said, we almost did not have a football team for you to criticize. So the football team is going to win. We're on the trajectory to win. And everybody can debate you know, how long or who or what or why. But five years ago, we were that close to not even having a football team to even have this debate. And I honestly think that that's going to be my biggest accomplishment. Well, I think that
0: is, in my opinion, that, that was your greatest accomplishment here, because, like you said, many people don't know how close it came to no football program, correct? And was,
1: I, I remember people rumbling about, well, hey, well, let's just concentrate on basketball and let's not worry about yeah. Yeah. football. I right. distinctly yeah. remember right. people, people
2: saying It was people. It was the NCAA that was getting ready to say, <laughs> y'all are not going to yeah. be able to play football. It wasn't people I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people at all. So once you get your team solid, we're out of <laughs> sanctions. You know, we have everything that we need. The winning is going to come. Right. Uh, I've always said, and I accept that criticism that I did not get it done, but they didn't put us on death penalty sanctions right. just for us to come back out the next year and win. No school does that. Right. right. Yeah. We were literally, and I take the criticism because I didn't go out it. I didn't jump up and down because I thought that was going to be counterproductive to Texas Southern University's future football abilities. So we didn't say it. We just took it. But those penalties were devastating. and A lot of people don't know. We just got out of penalties last October. So football has been drugged. So basketball, you took penalties, you've been able to win. Those basketball penalties were nowhere near where football was. The NCAA was saying they actually contemplated whether or not Texas Southern should be able to participate in the sport of football. And we were that close
0: to not being able to participate. And, Devin, let me add this. Uh, One of the – I talked to – Coach Marino Casim, the real Godfather, and uh, he had nothing but high uh, accolades uh, f- for this move by the Swag. Uh, he thought, he said, he taught your, he, he mentored your father, right? He did. <laughs> he did. He, he made that known. Right. But he he had nothing but praise for you, and and what he was excited about was something you all hit on later, earlier, the fact that the Swag had decided to go within the Swag and make this hire. That was huge right. for him. Well, it's my
2: responsibility to ensure the conference does well and, and shine. I have been uniquely positioned uh, to be in this position. I had to think about that as well. I had some other opportunities to leave. I had some other opportunities to go to some, you know, some other FBS schools, some schools that are not black colleges and universities. And I chose to stay here. I chose to stay because I was not going to leave Texas Southern without fulfilling the promises that I made to Texas Southern University. I wanted to fulfill and complete the process, but I've never really sought out to go to, you know, a power five institution. It's always been about. And when I thought about that and say, you know, if this has been your track, you know, this is the next progressive step. And I'm not going to fail. And the reason why I'm not going to fail is because I'm going to use the same formula that I use at Prairie View in Texas Southern. That is to hire smart, competent people to get the job done. And we're going to make sure that we work 110 percent, eight days a week, 366 days a year, 25 hours a day to get this thing to where that is supposed to be. And again, the foundation is there. Uh, it's not going to be a difficult process, but it's going to be a lengthy process. It's going to take time to get all of the things in place that we need in place. And that's not to say uh, any disparaging thing to the previous administration, but where I want to go is a little bit different. I'll give you an example. Uh, we were talking about television. I was talking to Kevin about this in the, in the break. We want to get some more games on ESPN. So they're starting this ESPN Plus network. Right. So they're talking about you know, what can we do? Well, one of the suggestions from the conference office was we can take our SWAC digital network and we can give that content to ESPN. I said, no, wait a minute. We deliver HD games here at Texas Southern. I can call Sam Shray, get that truck out to all of these institutions, and we start our own network on ESPN+. Plus. Right, right. And I think that's the differences of the vision of SWAC digital network on the computer or, no, let's start our own network. Like the SEC and the rest of them did, yeah. use it on ESPN yeah. and let's make our own money. And once we make our own money and get our own television piece, then that's when the sponsors come. That's what they're paying for. Uh, I always say this, butts in the seats are great. Um, you need that, <laughs> it's television and sponsorships. And I tell everybody that I get the same thing about BBVA. You know, it's not our state. It is our stadium. And the fact that I can plug and play television, I make my money even before the games are played. So butts in the seats are extra for us. The money is made through television and sponsorships. And we're going to have to expand that in the Southwest Athletic Conference like we did here at Texas Southern.
0: How how long is the contract to keep the championship games in Birmingham? It was a one-year deal. They were waiting for the new commissioner to come in. and So if the mayor is out there listening now, he can jump in. Yeah, anybody can jump in. It's for sale. It is for <laughs> sale. It is
1: for sale. What's more important, the the celebration ball or or the uh, swag championship? Ask that question again. The, the which of uh, uh, the 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 game in Atlanta versus the swag championship game? Which which is which is more beneficial for the conference? Clearly the
2: Celebration Bowl, because it is a bowl game, it's on ABC and it kicks off the season. Uh, And that exposure to, to be the only two FCS conferences to have a legitimate bowl backed by ESPN is something that, you know, you can't do on your own. That's that's huge. And their ratings are above several of those established bowls. And it's a black college. It's a legitimate black college national championship that kicks off the bowl season. But I don't want to undervalue the SWAC championship. I was always a proponent uh, because it puts our teams on a national stage. It gives the student. Everybody wants to compete for a championship. And I hate for championships to be settled by coin flips uh, and people. And I learned that, that story that I told you about baseball. That hurt me to my core. I've cried once, Kevin, as an athletics director in 18 years, and that was that time where I felt like I let my team down. And I said, as an athletics director, I would always fight for championships to be won on the field. And every school, every entity wants to be able to compete for a championship. So now we can compete for a championship and a bowl game. To me, they are equally important, but from a financial standpoint, from an exposure standpoint, the celebration bowl is far superior in all other things that we do.
1: And one other really quick thing uh, APR issues uh, across the conference. How How is the conference? By and large, doing. I know that we here at Texas Southern are in a great place, but uh, what about across the conference? Still some work to do. I
2: think we're 80 percent better than what we were three, four years ago. There are still some schools that are struggling, but they're getting there. But keep in mind, the APR issues is not is tied to graduation rates, but the penalties that we get are not necessarily because we're not graduating our student-athletes. It's because we're not properly documenting. It's because we're not properly advising that we have a student that we say passed 36 hours, but this hour didn't count because it was a double elective class. It's all of those small intricacies that we keep talking about, Kevin, that somebody with a trained eye needs to go in and assist And TSU is doing perfect now. We have one bad year. If Davis leaves and Jones does not come in and solidify the guys that are here, Texas Southern basketball is in APR penalty next year. So it doesn't take long. And these data reviews come around every three years. What we have to do is make sure we get somebody in on a yearly basis on all 10 institutions, complete the audit, the same audit that the NCAA would do correct those things in year one year two and year three so when the ncaa comes in year three we know we already have it laid out
1: and the last question before we go to break is uh about competition on the field especially in basketball and, and football with other fcs conferences comparable conferences uh across I, I, the board I've been saying, hey, we want to be able to compete with, we should be able to compete with any FCS school in football or basketball. How do we get there as a conference?
2: Well, I do think in basketball, we're already there. Now we can improve, but our top five teams really go out and and compete. And we're, we're beating, um, some power five schools. I mean, and I'm not just talking about Texas Southern, but Southern has been strong. Purview of Late has gone and beat, you know, Fresno State or UNLV, one of those teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. UNLV. Uh, so we get Grambling beat Georgia Tech last year. So I think we are competing. When you look at our records against the Southland Conference, we are competing in basketball. As a matter of fact, I would argue in women's basketball, our conference is a better conference than the Southland Conference because if you go look at the one-loss record, we beat them more times than they beat us in women's basketball. I do think we have to improve in men's basketball, but I think that's why you got to have that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow.
1: The the money to bring the
2: coaches. The incentive to build your basketball program, and I talk about this, and I won't get too deep into it, about looking at the mathematical formula to ensure that you know, our lower RPI teams play schools that they can still get their money from, but don't negatively impact the RPI. So when the, our number one team in the conference plays the number 10 team, we lose a whole bunch of RPI points, even though they won the game because the, the 10th team RPI is so low. And there's a formula to do that. And we're going to be working on that in football. Again, I really do think it's about exposure and it's about. The revenue generating. You look at our facilities across the board. Now we have great facilities, so it's about reputation. And once we get our reputation, and that's where the SWAT greats are going to come into play. And we have a plan where we're going to bring the Doug Williams and the Jerry Rice and Robert Brazil, you know, the Robert Brazil. As a matter of fact, I talked to Robert Brazil last night, and he said mm-hmm. that he was 110 percent, you know, on board on everything that we do, and the Kenny Burrow. I mean, you could go on and on. One person, Ralph, that I really want to meet that I haven't met is John Starworth. I, mean, I used to be a kid. Yeah, and, man, he's and, a, he's and, uh, a genius. I mean,
0: yeah. he's a great person. I know? didn't
2: I didn't emulate Lynn <laughs> Swan. I emulated John Starworth. He would always catch that ball over <laughs> right, his shoulder, right, right. Right, right? I mean, we have so many football greats that we could bring together to help brand this conference for young student athletes to say, I'm going to choose Jackson State because I just saw Robert Brazil. I just saw, you know, uh, clearly Walter Payton. Good Morning right. America. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. to Texas Southern. I mean, so, but we have to brand it yeah. so you all know this history and tradition. And let's just say we're competing against Southland Conference Schools. I'm going to go to Texas Southern because I know now a lot of that history and tradition versus what I see now on TV because of Southland is you know, on TV more than the Southwest and Athletic Conference. So we have a plan to do it, but it's going to make everybody feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy when we're competing against peer institutions. And then we're going to have this plan where we're going to continue to build and build and build, and ultimately we can be a power in this recruiting and again it's going to have to be a cohesive plan it can't be Texas Southern off doing what they want to do and that's what I did right I got frustrated so I said <laughs> I'm going to concentrate on Texas Southern University right I'm just we all got to come together if this conference is going to be great and that's my job and that's my and, role. And let me just say this
0: now it starts next weekend you, I mean in my opinion this I is will a get game, there. I pray if you can right. beat or play Rice University. Right. You got two first year coaches coming in and uh, I think I'm well, listen next week I'll share with you more about that but well like I'll be there in that game. that's going to be my first official, <laughs> official unofficial function I won't be hired yet
2: but I'll be there <laughs> uh, and I think it's important too for me to be at football basketball baseball soccer track volleyball I'm going to be a traveling commissioner because I want them to be able to see that it's important to me. What you're doing is important to me, and I want to be able to hear, and I want people to be able to touch me, talk to me, and give me their input on how to make the conference better. It, it's not an I, and it's not going to be a I. It's going to be a we because all of us are vested in this Southwestern Athletic Conference.
1: Well, another question, conference expansion. I mean, last time it expanded was with Alabama A&M. Conference expansion, I mean, a lot of conferences are doing it on, on the FBS level. Is that something that... Uh, that the SWAG would look at?
2: Well, I think on down the road right now, I don't think we could attract anybody because we don't have a house in order. We're going to okay. have to get our house in order uh, to be able to facilitate conference expansion. I know they went after Tennessee State, and I know they went after Florida A&M, but we have to have a package to lure those types of institutions to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And again, with some of the things that we've talked about, once we get there, I think we're going to have the opportunity to pick and choose who we want. It's early to talk about expansion in my tenure, because I think that there are so many things that we have to get done. (laughs) But I think strategically, if you can get an institution that's strong to be able to come in to enhance your conference, it makes all the sense in the world.
1: Well, we're gonna take a time out when we come back. We're gonna, with you exiting
3: with all of the sports. What kind of shape are they in? How are you leaving them? Oh, they're in excellent shape. I don't know how you <laughs> asked me that. That was a loaded question. Uh, you know I mean, esports, cause you know we have some some listeners, they're, they're basketball right. people, right. some are football. Well, I'm gonna
2: throw a little pressure on Kevin Granger. You know, he got he got some pressure coming because we're handing him the keys to a Ferrari now. When it when it comes to Southwest Atlanta. You, South you
0: got it. It's a Ferrari as you leave. What was it when you came
2: in? Just a frame, right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we didn't, we didn't even have a steering wheel on the thing. Uh, the tires. So, I mean, it's it's in good shape. It's in real good shape. I mean, you're talking about the highest graduation rate numbers. And this graduation rate thing is so complex, right? It's like three or four different graduation rates. So people will be like, Well they say it's sixty seven percent, and he says eighty six percent. So and I'm not going to get into how you calculate it, but the main two rates is the federal rate, which is a six-year rate, and then the NCA rate, which is a four-year rate. And then you have an NCA rate, six-year rate. So the 67% is a four-year rate. So we're graduating 67% of our student-athletes in four years. If you expand that to a six-year graduation rate, it's 86%. That's the highest that Texas Southern has ever been. You're talking about uh, fiscal responsibility. I think this is going to be the first year, Ralph, that we go into the season and none of the accounts are in deficit. Like, when it rained on TSU Relays five or six years ago, it took us that long. So TSU Relays now have money. The basketball, Mike Davis and them, they – they like to spend. Uh, I got to be careful. I said that on the uh, deal. Somebody did an open records request. I had to go back and and clarify it. They were saying, "Well, Davis was likes to travel first class." And they were like, "I need to see all of his travel records." <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about Davis specifically. I was speaking in terms team. of how the team travels. Yeah. We're not going to stay at you know the ninety nine dollar hotel. They're going to get the hotel that's 139 one hundred and thirty nine where you can use the tiles versus having to go buy your own tiles. So. <laughs> but, you know, we have all of the accounts in order. We have the academics in order. All of the teams are at a competitive level. And, again, we can throw stones at football, in my opinion. I'm just a commissioner now, right? Yes, uh, commissioner. If the quarterback play at Texas Southern is elevated, Texas Southern – can win more games this year than they can lose. If, Say that again, Doc. If the quarterback play is elevated, Texas Southern can win more games than they can lose. If the quarterback play is outstanding, Texas Southern is going to have a shot. Now, I'm not saying that they are, but they're going to have a shot at competing for the championship. He got something like 30 offensive linemen out there. I said, Coach Haywood, well, if you can't get seven, eight out of 30, you know, something's wrong. Right. Uh He's gotten these transfer receivers in. He's going to have probably the best receiving core in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So if the line can hold up, you know, uh the running backs, we had decent running backs, right. and they're going to grow. I mean, he has a slew of running backs. And on the defensive side of the ball – uh, as long as we can get some pressure on the quarterback, which again they concentrated on that defensive line, that's going to be the key to helping the corners and the safety. So again, I think the pieces are there, not to overcomplicate it or to put too much on one position. I think quarterback play is going to determine.
1: Well, a quarterback health too, because right. that was that's been an issue. Because right. again, you didn't you didn't have up front protection. Yeah, but
2: he yeah. got three now that are yeah. legitimate. Right. Uh, not saying that they were not legitimate last time, but. Uh, he has three that are legitimate coming in with experience, with the height, with the throwing ability. With... They are swat quarterback. And I told Hay- Haywood this. Don't go get no quarterback that you had at LSU. Don't go get no quarterback you had at Texas. Don't go get a quarterback that you had at Miami. You need to go get a SWAT quarterback. That's a different type of quarterback. And that's somebody that can run and throw, preferably both of them equally. right? And that's the SWAT league. SWAT has always been... A quarterback league. So let's go get those types of individuals here. If this football team wins, going back to your if, uh, question. You said, no, what, no what, If the football I said, team wins. if this football team wins, this athletic program is going to just be like, you know, explosion. Yeah, like a wild, Right, because everything else is there. And that's why I was saying Kevin is, the pressure is going to be on Kevin because we've been kicking behind in everything except football. And he's gonna have to keep that going, but Kevin has been with me every step of the way. And
1: he's talking about Kevin Grange. Kevin way. Grange. And, right. and I want to ask you about your successor in, in Kevin Grange. You know, of course, the guy right next to you—that's his best friend. Yeah, e- I want to G- send a shout out
3: to Gaylord. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to send a shout out to Gaylord. Gaylord. <laughs> that's an inside joke, people. <laughs> that's a loaded. That's a loaded, a loaded response, right you there. Send shout out. A <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Well, let's talk about uh, Kevin Grange. I mean. He's been with you, like you said, for a while. Uh, talk about him a, a, as a as a leader for this program.
2: He's the right person. He's going to do a great job. Kevin has been with me every step of the way. Uh, and in the last four years, I tell this story about Kevin. You know, when I hired Kevin, I said, look, I need a number two. I need somebody that's going to wash my back. I need somebody that's going to do the things that I need done, and I don't have to worry about them because I know you're going to get them done. And he did that. And probably four years into it, he was like, Charles, I'm going to start wearing suits every day. I was like, yeah, right,
3: you know, Kevin. Yeah, right.
2: And he did. Right. Uh, shout out to Tracy. I know she had to go shopping for him. Uh, but he started wearing suits every day. And he said, I'm going to go get my master's and I'm going to go get my doctoral degree. I'm going to start the path of getting myself prepared to be an athletics director. And I said, okay, Kevin. So, Won't you take this then? Won't you take that? And I think at one point he came to me and was like, hey, you know, am I the athletic director you the athletic director? (laughs) Seem like I'm doing all your work. And I was like, no, I want to prepare you for every scenario because I'm not trying to leave Texas Southern, but I might get hit by a bus tomorrow and somebody needs to be in place. So Kevin knows everything about this athletics program. I've handed him throughout the course of the last four or five years every piece of knowledge that I've had so he will know how to proceed and i think that he is the right person at the right time and i think he'll be able to get the job done and i know he'll not think i know he'll be able to to get the job done but it's going to be pressure on him simply because this isn't a program that's been, you know the athletic director hadn't been fired because the program is down and they're not winning the athletic director left and he's been handed the keys to a SWAT ferrari Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, and sometimes you got to it's different driving the cruise that I drive (laughs) and a real life Ferrari. Right. Ferrari got a lot of power to it. So there's going to be a lot of outside influences. There are going to be a lot of internal influences. There are going to be people that's going to test him. You know, so it's not just about winning and losing. It's about managing the program, and I think he's going to be able to do an excellent and, and, job doing and that. And I just want to add
0: this. I, I think <clears throat> I can remember when Kevin Granger came here, when uh, Coach Moreland recruited him to come here from Mississippi and how bright, bright-eyed bright he was, etc. It's another great example, like the SWAC hired you from within, to see Kevin Granger come to Texas Southern as a student athlete and then become your assistant. And now to become the athletic director, shares with people another story about why this, is, this uh, institution is so important. To well, have a guy uh, inside, you, one, of, one of their I, own to be the AD. Well, I shouldn't take the
2: job and not have somebody ready to, to take it over. Right. I was strategic in hiring Kevin because I wanted a Texas Southern graduate. And I have to go back and research, but is this the first Texas Southern graduate that has led the athletics department? I don't know, but I think that that was my responsibility. And I think that Kevin Granger, knowing Texas Southern University in and out, again, is the right person. And, you know, everybody should be able to celebrate the fact that we are in good standing. And we do have a strong program. We do have strong academics. We have television. We have all of the tools that we need in order to be a great program. Kevin has the knowledge, the skills, and the ability. I and mean, he got Kevin Allen over here that's going to be padding the stats. Even if he don't, he's going he gonna to pad the stats like he did when Granger was playing. That was Gaylord said. Kevin Allen was padding the stats. But Kevin said he wasn't on the book, So I, I haven't been able to figure that out. But. what's
1: the the best piece of of advice you can you can tell us that you you have given him like to in taking this job i mean i know that you guys have probably had a lot of conversations but what's the the biggest piece of the of advice you could give him that you could share with us stay humble stay humble don't
2: get too high don't get too low don't get too full of yourself uh they're gonna pat you on the back because you're the athletics director but if you start believing your own press you know that's a one-way ticket to, to getting fired so stay humble and uh, believe in yourself but more importantly you know just don't don't read your own press good or bad because you could read some of the stuff and it could get you down. And you can read some of the stuff, and it can get you real high and give you a false sense of, you know, reality.
1: Shirley Bill Smith, save man, save man. I got all these tough award-winning journalists in here, and nobody
3: ain't asking the tough question. What's the tough, the tough question? I'm gonna ask. When we leaving? Because I'm going with you. <laughs> I understand. Right.
1: I understand. Kevin got a front row. Right. I'm in the back row. You on the back My room? bag is already right. packed, and I'm right. ready to go. Well, I've never heard so many people excited to move to Birmingham.
0: Yeah. well, <laughs> hey. <laughs> (laughs) be the top jock over there. Well, in
2: in a certain sense, all of you will be going with me because I'm going to need the help, you know, of of everyone. You know, you started talking about staff there. We're going to go in. We're going to evaluate the staff. I clearly, you're going to have to look at the direction and the staff and make adjustments, in it. And I don't know what that is because I haven't even started, but I think it's only fair to the individuals that are in the conference office now that I go in and give them an opportunity to have a fair look, but I do know that there are certain directions that I want to go, and I need people that are going to be strong and have the ability to take us in those directions. So I think there's only about 7 people chilly mm-hmm. in the conference office. So all 7 mm-hmm. have to be strong. Right. Because there's not a lot of room for and we going we're going to run real fast, so everybody's going to need to be able to carry their own weight.
1: To, uh, I want to ask you about your staff, because, again, you have uh, some great people here at Texas Southern. I want to give you an opportunity to, to acknowledge all of the, the coaches and the, and the folks in the office, the folks that really helped make this program especially as, as, as it is, and, and those folks aren't going anywhere. Right. So Well, again, that's
2: another setup question, because I would have to go down the list of all 42 uh, staff members in the athletics department because each and all of them ultimately pull their own weight. I'm not a micromanager, and this is the ongoing joke. I don't know if it's a joke or not, <laughs> but it said uh, if Charles comes to your office repeatedly, Uh-oh. you should be scared. Right. If you don't see him, you're fine. And certain people react differently to not having a micromanager. So you get that level of freedom Sometimes you can abuse it. Some people want that hands-on. You know, I always talk about Adina Poole. she's behind the scenes, without Adina, we would be in deep, deep trouble. Maletta is more on the forefront because of the APR. Uh, Obviously, we've talked about Granger, but somebody that has kind of adopted me and carried me is Rosalind McRae, my office manager. Rosalind has just, you know, done a magnificent job. Uh, When I come in and fuss at her, she... Turn around and fuss at me back and say, you know, (laughs) don't be talking to me crazy because you had a bad day. Right. Mm. And that's what you need really as a as a person that's in charge for people to tell you the truth. And I I appreciate all that she's done, but I could go down you know list. I'ma forget uh, mm. a whole bunch of people. Another Steph person, Robinson. W- well, I was getting ready to say yeah. another person that I want to highlight is uh, Stephon Robinson.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he another does Mississippi guy, right? Yeah, he's
2: another Mississippi, Mississippi guy. But, you know, Stephon is from a community. He where he was born is not even a city or a town. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, he's from a community. Yeah. A community. Yeah. Hey, that, that's real country when you're not even from a city. You're from a community.
0: <laughs>
2: but, you know, all of the, you know, Cephon really keeps the sponsorship going uh, for us. And uh, I like to say Lonzo Giles, somebody that does his job, doesn't he doesn't say anything, you don't hear from him just day in, day out, Grinding, you know, grind, yeah. get their job done. And I could go on and on and on. So, again, that's a setup question. Well, yeah, say, I, I mean, I know it's a know, tough
1: situation but, because – Again, across the board, everybody's uh, enjoying so much success.
2: But it is a we because everybody is responsible for doing their job. Uh-huh. And it's not me. The yes. success on the academics was not me. It was Maletta, Pooler, Larry Woods, Janelle White, which isn't here anymore. Gino, you know, all of these compliance officers, all of these academic people, Mrs. Pitts, Mrs. Botting Horse, Mrs. Romeo. I mean, it's everybody is doing their job. Nolinsky, Wiring, he'll kill me if I didn't. He's listening. I know it <laughs> Texas Tech, 'cause tech because he always I mean, they carry the water. I got a chance to fuss and say, hey, we need to go in this direction. We need to go in that direction.
0: But if I didn't have the people that could do it, Good. we wouldn't get it done and I would be a failure. Let, let me just bring this one up also. Uh, years for years, I always looked and saw where the uh, University of Syracuse, Notre Dame, Indiana and Missouri and all these people had this this particular program. Under your watch also, we have to you shared in Texas Southern with Dr. Kabil, kenyatta Kabil with the sports management program. Yes. Now that that has you have to be very proud of that. That's you, you're involved in that also.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um it's humbling, another humbling experience to be a part of the first something that has been extended. all of this has always been about educating student athletes, educating athletes educating students and educating people and to be able to expand that to be a part of this sports management process to teach uh in this sports management process and then to see people graduate and get into the business and doing well is is overwhelming Uh, when i did my dissertation uh kevin my dissertation was ubiquitous computing technology and its effects on learning behavior. And my chair said, <laughs> my chair said, you're athletic director, right? Yeah. I said, won't well, you study athletics? I was like, "Thing, you know. So I changed my dissertation to talk about HBCU athletics, not ubiquitous computing technology. <laughs> um, and from there to see your name cited on several other books and right. articles and peer-reviewed journals, you know, that's what this thing is, is all about. You know, little old cheating Charles in the algebra class getting cited <laughs> for being an expert in the field of athletics. That's what this thing is all about.
1: So you, you got to deal with different media types now. You Are you still going to listen to us every Saturday morning? Absolutely. When I wake up and run,
2: <laughs> I'm going to cut it on Tune In. Absolutely. I got to hear what's going on. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. And but the and, biggest
0: thing you got going in Birmingham right now is Deontay Wilder. Uh, the heavyweight right. champion. Absolutely. Uh, you want to go to one of those. Absolutely. Uh, let Absolutely. You know if you get a suite. And I'll be oh, there. We'll drive. They're drive
1: over <laughs> there for that. I'll be <laughs> there. I, I want to ask you about your family, too, because, again, you have to have a strong infrastructure at home to be able to position yourself to make these right. moves. I know you, you want to, you know, give credit to your family, I'm sure.
2: Well, yes, I do. And it actually starts with uh, my pastor, Pastor Minor. Uh, you know, we talked a lot. I remember the first time I applied for the commissioner's position and he called me just out of the clear blue as we were getting ready to go interview. And I always remembered his prayer, his prayer. And I got mad at him. Right. So you need to pray the prayer that I want you to pray. Uh, and he prayed for me to have a good process. Uh, to do well, represent myself well, and for the Lord to lead me where the Lord wants me to go. And that's not what I wanted. I needed him to pray for me to get, get this the job. job
3: right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I didn't get the job. Yeah. <laughs> but it led me to Texas Southern University, which I needed that time to continue to grow. And I am a much better prepared person to be commissioner than I am than I was 10 years ago, and when you look at me coming to Texas Southern, my boys are at Texas Southern. I have a wife now from Texas Southern. Uh, I have a daughter. I mean, if Texas Southern wasn't in my life, I would have missed out on so much more. And it was really all because of Pastor Miner's leadership and tutelage. And when we had this prayer this time, his prayer was, I'm praying for Charles to get this job. Charles, you need to get the Commissioner job at the Southwest Athletic Conference because again, it was God's will. So without His guidance and knowledge and leadership, you know I don't know where I would be. I would be all over the place. But through those prayers, He brought me Ashley, right, my wife, and I was bitter. Kevin I, I know this is not confessionals but you didn't ask me about my childhood so let's talk about,
0: about
3: that. Like,
2: I was bitter right? I ain't want no more uh, wife and here this lady comes in and just breaks me down and it turned out to be the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life I've always been a family man and I missed out on some of that and to be able to have that complete circle I always said We've been successful, me and my boys. We kick it, we have fun. We've been able to do all that we want to do, but that circle wasn't complete. She's completed that circle. She's completed me. And because of that, I am totally fine with going to Birmingham because the best thing that I've ever had in my life is going with me. We can go, we can go to Badunk, China. I'm going to be fine because I have her with me. So. We want to
1: thank you guys for tuning in to this special edition of the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we encourage you to like subscribe or follow us on any of the various places that you access your podcast. Again, you can tweet me at Wade's word, W A D E S W O R D or follow us on the sports talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Be a part of that. We will frequently have swag conversation Um, But generally, we talk anything and everything sports, and we look forward to you guys being a part of that weekend and week out. With that, as always, have a great day.